Welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Crosses. I'm your host, Clayton Van Dyke, and with me today we have... Elisha. David. Sarah. And a special new podcaster, Henley Wagner. Hello, everybody. Would you like to introduce yourself? Would I ever? Um, from the Free Reform Church of Darling Downs, uh, representing Darling Downs here. Oh, same as me. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, 22 years of age, and I'm a lady, if you didn't know that already. Thanks for that. Today's <laughs> podcast, we're talking about friends of the world. Um, and we'll be talking about the positives and negatives of having both friends in the church and friends of the world, but mostly about um, our experiences that we've had with people from outside the church. Could we uh, start off by defining what a friend is? Um, Proverbs has a lot to say about what a true friend is. And um, in Proverbs 13, it says that friends affect us for the better or for for the worse. And so this can um, show to us how much influence our friends can have. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Um, We know that true friends will rebuke us when that's necessary. And so they'll sometimes hurt us for our good. And um, a godly friend can be of great help. Um, As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. It's another proverb. And so a a friendship is where two people can relate to each other and, and really help each other in both their spiritual growth and emotional, and be of emotional support to each other. Yeah, I like that. Like uh, I've read through Proverbs, and a lot of the uh, Proverbs that um, is said is, is um, about a friend being able to rebuke another friend in love. Like they're able to um, say something negative, and like it's it's still love. Um, able to that they, they want the other person to change for the better. See, I just love you guys a lot. Oh, yeah, because Elisha's always negative. Um, Can I read this? (laughs) Yep. Okay, thanks. Uh, So a true friend is one who may hurt you at times for good, uh, Proverbs 27. The kisses of an enemy may be profuse, but faithful are the wounds of a friend, which is a – I remember we had a sermon on that, and uh, I don't know. That was good. What do you think? So if we're talking about our friendships with um, unbelievers today and unchristians or friends of the world, what is like the purpose of a friendship if we talked about how they can rebuke us? Can an unbeliever fulfill this purpose? Well, can I maybe just first ask, is it necessary, like when you go out and make friends, we have in mind, okay, I have a purpose, I'm going to make friends and I'm going to go to university and I'm specifically going to try to, or maybe not make friends for this and this purpose. Like I don't think that's what goes through people's minds when they meet people and make friends. It just happens spontaneously now perhaps when you start making much closer friends you have more of more of that in mind but uh, especially if we're gonna be talking about friends of the world friends that we make uh you know at university or at work or just anywhere outside of our own church circles um it's kind of difficult to talk about a purpose of a friend if you were friends with them spontaneously and not for any particular reason to begin with I mean, maybe how you interact with them might be more defined by your purpose of friendships with people outside of the church. So what would, why would you want to have friends in the world considering the fact that our friends can have such a strong influence on us? Um, and we read Proverbs 13 verse 20 before, which says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. There's also 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, which says, Bad company corrupts good morals. So why would, what would be your motivation for having friends outside the world? And is that a godly motivation? Well, if we look at the reason why we have friends in the first place, the reason I'm friends with most of the people I'm friends with is out of convenience just because it's nice to uh, know people who are in the same community as you and you get to know them and you can spend time with them. 
and uh, you can grow together and just enjoy spending time with each other. And that's the same when I make friends with uh, people who aren't part of our community, um, with uh, people at uni. I just, um, in my course, for example, I can make friends with people. The reason I do that is because um, it's nice to have people around me who I know, who I can relate to, who I understand. And that's the reason we make friends, isn't it? I think um, <clears throat> that's a good point, uh, especially talking about uni, um, that there might be a difference between being friendly with um, people not from church and uh, creating friendships, or in general, like being friendly and creating friendships. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Like being friendly and like, um, I remember when I first went to uni, my bridging course, I, well, for my, my whole, from speaking from past experience, I can um when I was younger and I started well I was at school I had friends from the church because I went to a church through from school so um, my parents uh, always um, guided me and told me that I have friends I can be kind to people who aren't from church um when as I work um when I go out into the world and work but it was advised like it's just best not while I'm young to not become friends outside of work in a way so go to work be friendly um, but then, you know, I don't need to go to parties with them or go to their house on the weekend kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I was taught from a, as a, as a young teen going into the workplace um, because I still had um, best friends in church. So it wasn't really necessary as well for me to um, make friends outside the church. But I think if you don't have any friends in the church, then you might go out and find friendships, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking from my experience as well, I went to a Christian school as well, the same as Hannah Lee, to grade 10, but then year 11 and 12, there were Christian school didn't um, have those years, so I went to a public school. And sometimes I didn't feel accepted by my friends in the church, and it was I just wasn't necessarily always comfortable with them. And I felt more comfortable and accepted by just the people from the public school that weren't Christians at all. And so it was definitely a temptation just to like abandon my Christian friends and to um, make friendships and be friends with um, people from the world. So that's one of my experiences. But as I said, that was a temptation. I'm not sure if that's if that was would have been a good thing to succumb to. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, um, I would almost call them an accidental friendship where you create a friendship that you actually need without actually seeing the without perhaps seeing the purpose in it at the start. Like your you bodily, you, well, you kind of need a physical a friendship to be able to keep yourself sane in a way but um like for example uh, i have a a friend at work which i would actually call a friend who when i started working i would say oh these are my acquaintances and even then up, up until about half a year ago i would have still called him him an acquaintance but after getting to know him and like because obviously with work you meet the same person every day over and over again and you slowly start to build up a stronger and stronger relationship and i actually started depending on him as an unbeliever and the interesting story is that he used to be a drug addict and he got over his addiction and he and he used to sell drugs he used to he used to be in a lot of um he even went to prison at one stage um but he's on the clean path now and i've actually grown to almost respect him in a way because he's overcome such traumatic events and at first i didn't see the need for him but in i i ended up um treating him like a uh wait wait a friend maybe a mentor guide yeah like yeah. wisdom yeah. getting some wisdom from him in a way yeah like Shaman. i would be asking him <laughs> i would actually be asking him questions about my faith 
about my own friends personally, about maybe some of you guys even. Um, Getting some life, because ex- he's probably had life yeah, experience. he's had so much life experience. And he answered these questions in all honesty. And like, and then he started asking me questions about my faith. Yeah. So then um, we started having these um, back and forth conversations. And we both began teaching each other, me about myself and him about himself, about what his purpose in life actually was. And it, it That's God, really cool. Yeah, God puts these like accidental People. in quotations yeah. friendships in your life. Can I can I share a story? Um that reminds me of no, Cooper's shaking his head at me, like Henley, you talked enough. Uh no, I'm not gonna I'm gonna keep talking. Stalking. I was just talking. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um okay, so when I went to university, um, which was a couple of years or when I started going to uni, I well, first I went to TAFE and I had church friends there because they were from Free Reform Church, so I just hung out with them and it was all good and all great. And then um I started my bridging course at university and I went in there with the with with um my mindset i am not here to make friends i am i am here to get this eight hour of 70 and then do my degree and then maybe i'll make friends but i'm not here to make friends the first day a uh, young girl homegirl talia if she ever listens to this um she was very friendly and i was like very friendly back and um in the end we pretty much have become really good friends I remember talking to her about it and we always laughed that she reckons I was so cold and and I told her, I'm not here to make friends. And um, so like it was almost like an accidental thing. Like yeah. I said to her, like, I'm not here to make friends. And she was like, well, you're stuck with me. You know what I mean? So I think that's pretty funny. And I'm, I'm very um, – I was very open, I think, at the start that I was a Christian – um, but as I'm growing and maturing, I guess I talk more openly about my faith with her or around her. And um, and again, in that same class, there was a young man, shout out Alan again. He'll probably listen to this because he, he's very nice. Anyway, <laughs> um, he is actually a, he was actually a Christian. And so I thought, oh, Christian, you know friends of Christians so um but he taught me a lot about about how to share your faith with other people and and just like be loving and positive in the Lord in a way because and show and it just reminded me of the blessing he reminds um when he talks he reminds me of of blessings of having Jesus in your life um so I have two university friends who are not free reformed members but they are one is a christian and one is not a um christian but like again like we share and we like what clayton was saying like what you're saying about um that you just talk to each other and you talk about your life and you begin to learn more about yourself you learn more yeah definitely you learn more about yourself yeah. with these um friendships and you gain life experience but also i guess um i don't know where i was going with that but that's just my, just a story i wanted to share yeah well, it's not just about you as a person going out making friends and the benefits that you can get from it as as an individual or as a believer. Because a lot of the time, when people know that you're a Christian, whether they're friends of yours or not, they're going to look at you uh, with the mindset that you are a Christian and they're going to be looking at what you're doing and interpreting that as a Christian lifestyle. So by getting closer to a lot of people outside the church, it's also... Um, I guess you could say evangelism to a certain extent. Yeah. Because once you put it out there that you're a Christian, everyone's going to get an idea of what it is like to be a Christian. Sharing your faith. Daring Indirectly, to Indirectly, yeah. And 
Well, it's like it's not like you're directly going out to do that. Like you're not directly going out yeah, yeah. to uni or to work and saying, I'm going to become best friends with every unbeliever because I'm going to um, and build these strong friendships because it's up to me to get them to find Jesus in a way. And it, but then because that can rest on like that's your responsibility to get these people to come to church and to come to like that's kind of like I think sometimes that you get that mindset that you have that if you are going to make friendships with people, well you you got to um, you've got well no not well if you do make friendships of course you need to share your faith but not to to start by thinking that you, you, that's why you need to be friends with everyone because mm-hmm. you need you're responsible for their salvation yeah uh, for sure but I have noticed that. Um, one of the most effective ways to personally um, engage with someone and where a lot of stories I've heard from my congregation back in Canada where a lot of people came from outside the church was because they were good friends with someone who was in the church. And after several years of, you know, studying together or working together, they just, you know, kind of got a little more open about them and invited them to go to church. And I think over the eight years that I was in in that congregation back in Canada, I think there were at least half a dozen people who came from outside the church. Wow. And some of them even... Uh, married into uh, the congregation as well and they became uh, members pretty quickly so it was very encouraging to see yeah but but I mean something like this just begins from a friendly conversation you have with someone on the first day of classes in one of your semesters yeah right even if you're cold like I was well I guess even then yeah I'm not here to make friends I'm here to learn go away nice ladies nice lady Talia she's coming at me with all the stuff and we just had so much in common nah not fair and then (laughs) I was like, no, I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> but she's like, too late. Um, what are you? What is that? What are you doing? Uh, put your phone away, Elisha. Um, I think like that. But then it's like you know, you can go make friends. Like that can happen, you know. But then it is your responsibility in a way to talk about your faith with these unbelievers because, or you know, like non non mm. non free reformed. Christians because you can't just be friends with people of the world like have build these friendships and then and then but then never tell them you're Christian like, that's really hard if you leave it too late like I've done with friends outside of church but you know what I mean yeah. like if you are become friends like where's that then so let's say you've got friends outside the church now like me then like what is my res- responsibility now like or I guess you know you know what I'm saying Sarah was definitely yeah um, I think relationship evangelism is one of the motivations for us to have our friendships with people from the world and that people that aren't Christians. And because we have um, such an amazing message and why wouldn't we want to share that with everybody? Yeah. And so it's important when we do have friendships from from the world to be able to share the gospel with them as well. But when we do that, um, I listened to a speech by Reverend Ten Hollander on it. He had a speech on relationship evangelism and he said it just comes from our normal, our normal relationships and you don't push it on them when they're not ready for it and just take your time um, in explaining it to them so they don't feel um, yeah under pressure or uncomfortable and also um, hopefully they'll ask questions from from your lifestyle make it clear in your lifestyle that you actually are a Christian and that you are different and then you should be able to share as your relationship grows and make opportunities to be able to share as well um, and then that's actually quite important part of having friends outside of the church. Perhaps a big text that's against having unbe- uh, having friends that are unbelievers is 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 where it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Is there perhaps a different um, different understanding of this text than what it's implying? Like, Which text is that? 
2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. Well, right off the bat, I think you're assuming that the contrast, it provides a contrast between believers and unbelievers. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Sorry, 2 Corinthians... While David is fumbling around for text, sorry, not fumbling, looking for text, um, just like elevator music or a commercial break, I'm just going to share some ways or questions that maybe you can um, segue into if you have unchristian friends or unbelievers or your friends with an atheist or maybe a Muslim, Jew, whatever. I'm just going to um, yeah, show some examples of some questions you might uh, ask. So, you know, you might be at the, at, the, at, the, at the gym maybe with someone and you might ask something like, hey, they might ask, hey, how much do you bench press? And you might say, 250. But to me, there is a whole lot of stuff more important than how much you bench. <laughs> Just one example, mate. <laughs> Just one. All right, here's another. I love that song, says the unbeliever. Yeah, it rocks. This is the Christian now. There's another song on that CD that talks about how much they hate religion. I like that song because to me... Wait, you don't like that song. No, I changed that. Okay. I don't like that song because to me, it's not about religion. Exactly. Okay, okay that's wrong. All right, I don't think that's what you would say. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah, it rocks. There's another song on that CD that talks about how much they hate religion. I like that song to, because to me, it's not about religion. It's about... I don't understand what that means. What are you saying, David? Dare to share? Sorry. All right. Cut that out. Here's another okay. one. Let's role play this, okay? Clayton, you say say something like you've just come out of a movie, Dude, cinema, right? You're an unchristian, okay? You're coming out of the cinema. Now say, oh, I like that movie. Boy, I really liked that movie. Me too. Did you notice the spiritual analogies that were everywhere? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Why don't you say this now? Say, why don't you ever wear that shirt I got you? Because I don't wear. Pink. No, you say why don't I? Why don't you wear that oh. shirt I got you? <laughs> You're playing the part. You're the playing the part. Oh, sorry. You're a girl as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> we already knew that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> You're saying it to me. Why don't you ever wear that shirt I got you? It's Girlfriend. nothing. <laughs> Girlfriend. <laughs> Girlfriend, it's nothing personal. It's a cool shirt, but because of my convictions, I choose not to wear that stuff that is too revealing. <laughs> what convictions? <laughs> I'm a Christian, and I have certain morals. And I know, let's talk about that another day, maybe. But, uh, yeah. Hey, how much do you bench press? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we cut all of this? <laughs> we should just add this in a random segment, because it's hilarious. <laughs> Okay, here's another one. <laughs> okay, let me find. Okay, ever wanted to know what to say to someone who's a... Uh, Olympic weightlifter. <laughs> uh, um, one second. Do, do, do. Hey, ever know... Want to know some fascinating facts about Satanists? I bet I have some Want to know things you possibly... Be okay, wait, wait, wait. okay, here's some suggested conversation starters to have with someone who's a Satanist. 
what influenced your decision to become a Satanism? Satanism. <laughs> sorry, what's this about Satanism? What positive? Can we like backtrack a bit? Why is this? Sorry, like, this is about how to talk to someone about your faith. Do we meet Satanists? Well, you might. I've never met one before. <laughs> Have yeah. you considered the possibility that in the end God wins? Ooh. Compliment <sighs> to use. I've got to appreciate the unflinching boldness that you show in declaring yourself a Satanist in a nation where the average person describes himself as a Christian. That's a lot of courage. Okay, back okay. onto the topic. Back onto the topic. Just wait, um, I need some elevator music going. Alright, done. Alright, time stamp, Cooper. So, David, have you found anything on the text well, yet? Well, I found comments on the text written. This is the uh, Reformation ESV Study Bible, R.C. Sproul, General Editor. Um, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. Um, it talks about... This comment talks about the word yoked. It's uh, in reference to Deuteronomy 22, verse 10. Uh, it says here, Paul sees a deeper spirituality, sorry, deeper s- spiritual reality in the prohibition against unequally yoking found in Deuteronomy, which talks about do not yoke an ox and a donkey under the same yoke. Uh, there's another comment here that goes on to say, with unbelievers, uh, note that the false apostles in Corinth claimed to be Christians but were in reality servants of Satan. To join with them would distort all life and ministry in the church, the prohibition against being yoked together with unbelievers must be considered in situations where a significant control over one's actions would be willingly willingly yielded to an unbeliever through a voluntary partnership or association. In other words, where um, in this situation it was someone who was a part of the member of the church but was obviously an unbeliever, and where they held significant emotional and spiritual uh, influence over true believers. That is what this text is talking about. It goes on further to say, neither Paul nor the rest of the New Testament tells us to have no association with all unbelievers. Mm. There are other texts that will support that. It says here... 1 Corinthians 5 somewhere. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 9 and 10. Also Mark 2, verse 15 through 17. Uh, It goes on to say, but we are told not to be yoked together with them in such a way that they significantly influence the direction and outcome of our moral yeah. decisions and spiritual activities. Yeah, it's like if you're friends with someone who didn't go, to, who was a, you know, didn't believe in God or didn't go to church, um, and they were to, they were sort of, um, in a, it would almost be like disrespect. I don't know. They would say like, you know, don't go to church. Why believe in God? What has He done for you? And you know, kind of like almost giving you reason to doubt your faith, or or giving you, you know, trying to like get you off the path kind of in a way mm-hmm. like when that and i think that's what that like um text is almost as well yeah, to be referring to definitely what it's saying yeah, yeah. like it's, you it's, don't want to yeah. that, that's obviously like not a like it says like um yeah like bad company corrupts good morals like if you've got a friend who is who is corrupting your good morals even like they might even it might be a friend friend from outside of the church who might introduce even if they introduce you to like I don't know, like bad things, like maybe even drugs or alcohol, you know what I mean? Like bad morals, you know? And then it's like if they want, and I say, yeah, why not try it? You know what I mean? That's that whole kind of like, of course, that's going to be um, taking you off your path in a way. Elisha? No. Do you want to say something? I don't know. Um, you know, and, and, you, and you can't be friends with someone who wants to corrupt you, I guess like take you off your path your christian like they you know it's almost like like i have my friend for instance like they respect my religion they respect my um faith and and i and i don't i respect them like i believe they have as much value as me i don't look at them as any lower than me 
but I know that I like they know that I believe in the Lord and I know that I believe in the Lord too in a strong way like my faith is strong I like to say so it's like if you were weak if you were struggling spiritually and you had a friend who outside of church who was going to um, almost like take you off like you're struggling spiritually and then you're friends with someone outside the church who isn't building you up and encouraging you to with your faith then if they say well don't bother about going to church then or who you know this church the people in your church don't sound like I'm your only friend in the world you know that can kind of lead you off the path in a way if you're struggling spiritually but if you're strong in your faith and you're and you're um you know you're maybe even mature in your faith or oh you are um quite strong spiritually um then then you will know that if a friend outside the church is is trying to pull you off I think and even mentally it can be like be if you you know if your mental health is strong too because sometimes um yeah you can put your trust in in your unbelieved friends and like that 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 no one they understand you when no one else does sometimes you can feel like that as well i guess anyone like to comment on that or say something yeah so now that it's not re- now that we've discovered that it's not really directly prohibited in the bible uh, yeah. what benefits are there of having friends of the world We've discussed a few at the start with the experiences that we've had, but what others would you include? In uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul um, also talks about how we can be a benefit to um, other Christians. And I'll just read what he says in chapter 2, verse 14 to 17. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God we speak in Christ. So that shows how we, we can, in a, by being a Christian, by being a salt and light to um, those in, um, that aren't from the church, we can we like the fragrance of Christ and, and we can share the good news of the gospel. Yeah, by, we are, by our friendships. Yeah, exactly. We are the many people like to say we are the ambassadors of Christ on this earth. I might have a bone or two to pick with that specific term, but even if you were to just go with that, what would be the use of us staying within our own circles if we can go out there easily as part of our daily life, converse with non-believers just to show them what it does mean to be a Christian, right? To have that connection for them to possibly make with Christ if and when they feel that they they need it and even to go out there yourself if you want to and if you can to evangelize are you asking a question no no i'm just i'm just saying like it's a rhetorical question like what point is it to stay inside our own circles and not meet anyone yes, else yes. if you can easily go out there as part of your regular life and be that yeah, and that's where i think it gets to the point of like i was thinking about this the other day and even like just the other day i was giving it sort of giving it a little talk to younger youth of dying downs about how sharing your faith with um unchristians or um, your friends outside the church is so important. But then it's also really important to share your faith to Christians and to your fellow believers and to talk openly about your faith and to talk about Jesus because it's one thing to say, yeah, I talk to, I do um, tell non-believers that I'm a Christian and that I go to church, yep. But like, do you talk to your own friends in the church? Is that kind of like what you're saying, that rhetor- rhetorical? No, no, the rhetorical question was like, why on earth should we oh, restrict yeah. ourselves to the church yeah. if we can why easily Why put yourself in a bubble? There? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also God wants us to go out and make disciples mm-hmm. of all men. Um, and, um, and he, God, God desires everyone to know him. And that's how like, 
that we have a right to share it and that right is comes from Jesus and who shed his blood and that's what gives us that right. Um, and but, I, I think that's cool. But is that our motivation when we make friends with people out of the church? Motivation to... Our, is that our motivation? Yeah. Well, I, we can't have that um, as our motivation that it's our responsibility ability to get them to heaven, you know, because that can that's a lot of pressure and that's not why. It's only because we can glorify Jesus, really, and show thanks to him because we have that right, like that God-given right to share our faith with other people, you know? Like, it's not, that's why I was saying, I remember, was I saying it at the start? Like, it's not, you can't go in with the mind frame of going out, I need to make friends with yeah. every unbeliever because I need to save them, I need to get them to heaven. That, I don't think you can go in with that mindset. Not just every, just any. Whenever you mm. make friends with someone at uni, are you thinking, oh, I'm going to evangelize to this person? Of course, no, that's something that's going to be in the back no. of your mind. But when you make friends with someone, you're like, oh, we're going to be working together. Let's be friends. Or kind of like, how can I, how can I share my faith with this person in a friendly way and show love as Christ showed love. To be honest, I've never actually had to think about that question because more often than not, it just happens spontaneously. Yeah. If and when it did happen. Sorry, what happened spontaneously? I just saying that you're a Christian and speaking of your Christian lifestyle. Oh, okay, yeah. Because more often than not, it'll just come up in conversation and unless you're really, really timid about saying it, it just, it's really easy to just... It's something to be mindful of though. If you're saying that it comes really easy to be very mindful of it and notice that you're doing it, and then being like, hey, well, yeah. I mean, listen, of course, you're aware of I'm glorifying God. Yeah, more often than not, you're aware of that you're doing it when you are doing it because you are mindful of the fact that someone, there, there, there is a small chance that someone could get very, uh, very aggressive about it. So I know myself personally, I'm always aware of the fact when I mention it, but it's not that it holds me back from saying that at all. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, that might be easy for you to say, as in sure. not, yeah. Um, but I believe that myself personally and other people, like, for example, the question, what did you do on the weekend? When I hear that question, I don't think of Sunday because people are, when, and, but they're thinking of Sunday. And I avoid the Sunday so that I don't have to bring up that I'm a Christian in a conversation because I find telling people that I'm a Christian a very awkward, very awkward for me. And I think can that that's I, general for Can I speak from, exe- from experience? Um, okay, so I was talking about this again to young youth about, that whole weekend thing. Like, what you do on the weekend? That's usually a conversation starter. And you can say, oh, yeah, Saturday, uh, you know, I did this. Sunday, I go to church on Sundays because I'm a Christian. And then, you, I mean, like, I don't know, but I've done it quite a few times. And even talking about it in uni, in a class, and saying, I, I think I said, I know that person um, because they go to my church and I'm from a school. Like, we always have to talk about it. Like, I'm from a school and I'm, I was from a um, religious school um, through from Church of, um, you know, and I and you, I don't know, like maybe it's, a, I don't know, but I've never really had anyone be aggressive to me. It's that, it's like kind of like a, it's almost like a myth, I feel like, if you yeah. worry that and you might feel a bit embarrassed and maybe someone is aggressive, but that is like that feeling of embarrassment or uncertainty of sharing your faith of just or just saying, yeah, I go to church, I'm a Christian. It's almost like um, you can either look at it as, as like, oh, so scary, but once you like, just make, just push through, take that opportunity and seize it. It's a rush and it's, um, it's, it's, I mean, like, even if you do have that, it's like one second compared to the eternity in heaven, I think, of God saying, well done, thank you for um, sharing your faith in that, in that one second of your life. You know what I mean? Like, it's one, it's a couple, it's a se- couple seconds just to say, 
I'm a Christian. And to say it at the start of, of being friendly with people or, to, or, you know, starting relationships with people sort of in a way is super important because it is so much harder to say it later. Because if you're just pretending you're not a Christian and, you know, you're you know, you're not being you're not being salty in the world, like Jesus says, we are the salt of the earth. And you're not being a very salty Christian. Then around your friends outside of the church, then when you do say, when it does come to something like, oh, you know, what are you voting for? Yes or no in legalizing marriage? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> but and you say, well, I'm voting no. And then it's like, well, why? We well, look at what you've all done. Are you what? You're a Christian or what? And then you know that is where you'll probably get aggression. It's. So it's say the, it at the start. It's not the aggression that I'm worried about. Um, perhaps using an example would be better. But um, Chris, another podcaster from the series. Um, hey, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> if you're um, listening. Me and him, went, we go to uni together and we do philosophy as a subject. Anyway, in one of our lectures, um, our whole class just went on a whole tangent about Christianity. Well, that's and, philosophy, man. Yeah. Okay. They went on a whole tangent and we just sat back. We didn't. They. I think they knew in the back of their heads like some... Um, that we were Christian, but they didn't really talk to us because we don't really talk in that class because we avoid talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because well, you don't associate with yeah. unbelievers? No. no, no just, um, just joking. But anyway, all of what they said about Christianity, none of them were Christians, and all of what they said was completely wrong. Like, we couldn't even... We didn't want to interfere and say that we were Christians because what they were saying was so wrong and so misinterpreted that... If you tell someone that you're Christian and they have those same beliefs, they're almost going to have like, oh, he's a Christian. We're going to ignore him. Mm. That yes. type of attitude. It's not an it's not an angry attitude. It's just these false false myths about Christianity. Yeah. yeah fair enough. But you can't. Mm, that's hard. Yeah, I've I've come across a few situations in class where I had the same thing, and that was I think my first year of university, and I was still really timid, and I didn't mentioned in class during these discussions I like I had the same thing as you I didn't dare to speak up because then I right away assumed that everyone looked at me with those same judgments that they made in their discussion previously um so I can't really I can't really say anything to contradict that from class experience um but what I was saying like for me personally it is now relatively easy to kind of mention it in a conversation to be fair, it has been over a good deal of time and experience that that's kind of developed. It's not like it was easy from the beginning. Uh, it's just something you need to, I guess, do and get comfortable with. And you need to be in a situation where... You will guess, be... The thing is, like, in that kind of situation, that philosophy situation, I think that that that's like a situ That's like kind of like going to a... Um, unchristian like when everyone's on one oops sorry i just hit the microphone when everyone's on one side and you're two yeah two to one not to not to still show that you're a christian you know like still talk about it dare to share don't just sit back in the corner still i don't know sorry i interrupted it would have taken three hours to cor correct but, everything that they had said and but you don't need that but that's where it's like um maybe you could um that's where it's like isn't that where it's like well god god mate has made like God, like when people are so set and hard in their ways, you can't um, expect everyone to, you know, want to listen because their hearts are so hardened. Um, yeah, sorry about that tangent. If you want to watch our evangelism podcast, go <laughs> go listen to that one. <laughs> anyway, back on topic, um, David. What you you said you had a new question that you would like to ask? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I'm um, just wondering, because we're talking about friends outside the church and friends in the church, but let's say um, 
Let's give an example, and this might be the case for many or some of us. If you have a friend who you've been a friend with in the church ever since high school, and you know you you still meet up with them, you hang out with them, you you regularly interact with them, and then you also have a friend in say in university or at work who you also hang out with regularly. You're on a you're on a casual basis. You're just hanging out with them. When you're interacting with those two friends, faith life aside, evangelism aside, etc., just on a just casual chatting. But whatever, do you interact differently with the friends who is in the church for, uh, compared to the friends who is outside the church? I like that. That's yeah. good discussion point. Yeah. I see. Um, I see. Clayton's mind is uh, is working hard. Yeah. Um. Well, I would almost be. Uh, this, this. Can I share this, a story? Yeah. From experience. Okay. So when I was a bit younger, I mean, I was around my uh, church friends, of course. You know, you you hang hang out, you talk about your faith and etc. And um, but then I would I would act completely different around my work friends. I would be try to be cool, try to fit in, try to you know, I mean, I would talk about whatever TV shows they watch, whatever music they watch, and then they almost were like, oh, I didn't even know you were a Christian if I came up with it. So then I definitely um younger. I guess as I've grown up a bit older, I matured a bit. But um when I was younger, I definitely did. I was two different people uh, if you looked at me in church I was a church I was a Christian yep and then if you looked at me outside uh, I guess uh, uh, hanging around worldly people and work I was definitely a different person I was a worldly person I guess yeah but that element kind of also go from my experience at least also just goes between friends inside the church like you're yeah, different definitely. people to different people exactly. inside the church so I would say the fact that you're talking to people outside the church doesn't really change that fact a whole lot, seeing as you put up a bit of a different face to different people anyway. It means you're a different kind of person. Sorry, it means you're different kind of friends with them. Yeah. Yes, but like if, if you're going to talk about being a different person to different people, since you do that to people within the church anyway, the fact that someone's outside the church doesn't really change the way you Cause act. Because I, so, like, I, I can hang around friends who are like two types of friends in the church. I can hang around friends um, who, and I can talk about um, my faith easy, really easily. And then there are friends I have in the church who, you know, it might be a bit harder to for me to personally share my faith or open up about Jesus. And they are from church. Mind the question did say faith life aside and evangelism aside, oh, sorry, so just on sorry, a casual sorry, sorry, basis. Sorry, sorry. No worries. Oh, casual basis. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, like, well, let's say we're talking about music and stuff. Like, let's say, like in church, I would talk about, you know, if I said, like, I would like show kindness and love that doesn't mean that when i hang out with my friends outside of church that i don't ignore the music bit that i don't still show kindness and love you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Uh, the biggest point of my friendship is not this casual stuff that we talk about oh what did you do over the weekend or did you enjoy the game last saturday i mean for for the sake of the example just kind of where i'm trying to go with this that that's i can't see that in an example because the spiritual side of a friendship is the point that makes him a friendship, in my opinion. So, for example, there was at one point where I was discussing when I was a closer to any people, I was a closer friend to, to the guy at work. Mm-hmm. I was discussing spiritual things. I was discussing issues which I had never, ever discussed with anyone, showing that I had a closer bond with this guy than I had with anyone else. That changed, obviously, as... Um, as I slowly began to develop, being able to share my stuff with actual friends in the church, and that both helped. They both helped me in different ways. I would say that people in the church have the benefit of having that spiritual thing. Like you say, oh, well, take it, take the spiritual side away. But I say that that's impossible because that's what makes a friend in the first place. 
but when you make friends at university, you don't like like we were saying previously, it's spontaneous. You don't just make friends because, oh, I'm going to talk to this guy about my faith. It's like, no, you make friends spontaneously. But that's more right? of an acquaintance. You, yeah, no, you build understanding and rapport. That's yeah. still an acquaintance in my opinion. Well, I agree with Clayton. I find it difficult to talk about a friendship just on a casual basis because when we think about why we are in this world, our purpose in the world is to glorify God. And one of the ways that we do that um, the best is by sharing the gospel and, and hoping that others can come. And um, I think of the text in... Corinthians where Paul says I've become all things to all men so that I might save some so that could tell talk about how we relate differently to different people um, we relate to them on their on their, their common basis but with the motivation for saving and for, for saving them for their salvation and I just can't separate um, like your spiritual life evangelism I just can't separate that from friendship enough mm. I mean people can be friends with non-believers like christians can be friends with non-believers they both know that the other person is a believer and or a non-believer or, or whatever and they can still be perfectly good friends and interact on a casual basis and not even necessarily discuss religion on a regular basis and be very close friends yeah i think um what makes a friendship is the ability to do that there's like lots of people i know who i don't have serious discussions with but the thing is we understand one another and um we have spent enough time together, even though we're just faffing about, that um, we have the ability... Uh, I I know him... <laughs> All right, guys. I, I lost my train of thought. Give me five seconds. You have this connection with the person that you're able to man- to discuss these... Yes, thank you. Can I say issues. something really cool? And, and the ability... The, um, no. And the ability that we have to do that is what brings... That, that is that is what makes us friends. Yeah, it's the identity you share in Christ that Wait, makes you friends. What these can ne- these aren't these aren't these aren't necessarily these are not, Christians. We're talking about non- like, yeah. Like okay, yeah. Okay, can I can I share like maybe a maybe an analogy? I don't sure. know. Okay, go okay, so like let's pretend Tanalee walking down the street, okay, and then like from a distance, she her identity say like, well, who does she identify as? You know, oh, oh, she's a uh, she's a clown. She's got clown makeup on. She's got clown hair. She's got clown clothes on, okay? But that's on the weekdays when I'm around my clown friends. But when I go to church, I identify as Christian and as a in Jesus, okay? But if I was not to, if I if I had that separate thing, listen, this is going somewhere, okay? That's wrong. <laughs> I was going to use like a bad example, like I identify as something else, okay? But I didn't want to do that. Stop laughing at me. It's meant to be serious. Okay, so the thing is like we share that, you know, with our Christians, we share an identity in Jesus. And then the thing is to go out there and not still have your identity being Jesus, but being a clown, for instance, then that's, that's not, no, no, no. You've got to be and have your identity in Jesus. And then that should, that should be your identity with your friends and outside the church as well, that your identity is Jesus and not, you're not changing your identity to be, to fit in with worldly people or to fit in with the clowns. But you don't have to change your identity as a Christian to be able to fit into a society outside the church. Yeah. We're all we're all humans. We can communicate. Yeah, as yeah but we're, do. our identity first. Our identity first is Jesus. Yeah, but how does that change? That's it, why it that doesn't a difference between acquaintance and a friend. Does that? No, I don't think so. So you're saying it's possible? It's impossible to have a friend who you um, don't share identity with because, as a person, and I'm talking strictly in terms of personality, how much does your faith impact your identity. A lot. Yeah, a lot. Your identity <laughs> a, is first in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm saying in your personality. How does that change anything? How does that um, change your ability to uh, relate to people and just have 
and be friends with them. Like a lot. Sense of, sense of humor and stuff. A lot. It takes away all the dirty humor that a lot of people find very funny. No, but it Except, still doesn't make us... It's still funny to us. Yeah. We just don't do it because exactly. we know it's wrong. That's but, why it changes us. it's still us. funny. We still find it funny. Yeah, I we have find to... some very dirty humor very offensive and I would not find that funny. Yeah, and some... When, when we have our identity in Christ, our personality is shaped by the fruits of the Spirit. Whereas if our identity wasn't in Christ, we don't have that. There's, I think it's very makes a very big difference I mean, about who you are. There, there are people who aren't Christians who show um, the fruits of the Spirit. Yep. Although not by the Spirit. And all Christians have their separate personality. That's like we all. That's what it is. Like using you got you got personality. You've got your personality, of course. Like you know who you are. Like what makes you you. What makes you different. But what we all can share as like all of us sitting around this table. Okay, we can be friends. I know, Elisha. I'm looking at you. We're gonna be best buds. But we can be friends because we share. <laughs> like you might think we have nothing in common. I mean, I don't like singing in Dave in Reverend Anderson's choir, you know, we're so different. But the thing is, you know what we share? You know what we have exactly the same? Let's all say it together. The G- identity G- of Christ. Christ. <laughs> or in Christ. Exactly. Thanks, Clayton, for sharing that. That's what, that's what's amazing about being friends with people in the church is that your identity is in Christ. And then if you go outside the church, you go out and mingle around, you know, worldly people and et cetera, et cetera. And then you don't continue, like your identity is in Christ and you don't show those fruits of the Spirit, you don't show that, then um, you're changing your identity. You're like kind of switching putting on a mask for outside the church you know what i mean okay let me try let me try an example there's like let's say there's someone there's two people in the church and they are completely different they're so different they can barely hold a conversation are you talking about me and you no, no, Elijah? no i'm not it's a theoretical example and and there's they're someone different. and then there's like so person a and person b just cannot hold. Elisha and hannah lee <clears throat> okay then i'm gonna roll with this and you roll this on yourself <laughs> but so Elisha and hannah lee just can't hold a conversation because that's how uh um, that's how little they find in common with each other. Mm-hmm. But Elisha knows this uh, guy from uni that he's very similar to and thinks along those uh, the same lines as him. And he can be good friends with him, but he can't be good friends with Hanalee, even though they share that identity in Christ. Well, you and me might not be truly friends or have a Keep true... Keep in mind this is only an example. Hey? Keep in mind, this is only for the only sake of example. Don't, don't, don't of course, me and Elisha are going to be true friends. Of course. Okay, please um, use At me. the moment, oh. we are. I think we are new friends. You and me. You know, new friends. Come on, Elisha. You, you keep go. saying you and me. Oh, sorry, Elisha and Natalie <laughs> are new friends. Now I'm going into a deep things. Go. No, but the thing is, is, like, yes, of course, you can have that. But like, but then the thing is, is like, there's still that link missing. That is Jesus. And hopefully you can bring that to your friends. How does that to affect? That friend. How does that affect? You, you keep saying that there's this link in identity, but you haven't said how in reality that, well, reality, how that practically affects a friendship. Um, Peter says he calls the, his, the Christians he writes his letters to pilgrims and strangers in this world. And to me, that just shows that we can't, we don't just fit in with the world as you, I think you're saying before, Elisha, um, we don't. We don't just automatically fit in. We do. We are different, and that's got to come out as well in the way that we, in the way that we live. And so, when we associate, in answer to David's question, when we associate with um, our non-Christian friends and our Christian friends, there's going to naturally be a different way in which we do that. Because with our non-Christian friends, we we can't just automatically fit in because we are strangers and pilgrims. But with our Christian friends, we do share that common identity in Christ. Yeah, but how does that practically affect your friendships? Of course. When you know someone is a Christian and you don't even know them at all, you do. There's an understanding that you share that common bond. When you go to Christian Union, um, you can meet someone you've never met before, 
and you can open up about your faith to them. You know that because you share that bond in Christ. But um, friendships go further than that. There are more aspects to a friendship than that. So if you say you want some practical differences um, with a, a Christian friend, you can have um, deeper spiritual conversations, which are um, upbuilding for your faith, and you can't have such a conversation with a non-Christian friend. You can be caring and loving and show support to your fellow Christian friends. And you can't do that for your non-Christian friends? You can do that for your non-Christian friends. So then what's the difference? It's shallow if they don't find their identity in Christ. Like, you try to offer them comfort, but what comfort is there without Christ? Oh, I don't know where this is. It is possible to have a spiritual relationship with an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. If you tell them that you're a Christian, they immediately form a relationship with you based on a spiritual relationship. They don't have to be spiritually, they don't have to be have that same spiritual belief. So, for example, with my friend again, um, he's not an unbeliever, but he's constantly asking me questions about my faith. Why would a person who has, who, who you say, oh, my identity isn't about Christ at all? Well, in a, in a way, why would he be asking me questions about my faith? Why would that not contribute to my identity in Christ if he's asking me questions about my faith? Yeah, because at face value, you two are close enough that you can share, you can open up to your, each other. And even though you have different identities, you just have that ability because you're that close. But it's my identity of Christ that's forming that spiritual relationship with each other. Not, um, um, are um, your um, friends because um, you are both believing in different things or are your friends... A Muslim, a, Muslim, a Muslim and a Buddhist can do the same thing. They can because they know each other well. They can open up about their beliefs, even though they're completely different. They don't ident- They don't share that, but because they're close enough, they they can open up that part of themselves. What I believe a friendship is is your core values. Now, if you have some seriously dark secrets that you can't open up to an unbeliever, then that's that's a already a big wall in a friendship, because you have to be completely open to have a good no, stable friendship with someone no you, no, don't. you don't no you don't otherwise it, it remains shallow and there's no, no i have there's no real trust if you're constantly keeping secrets from them no there's but, that, but there's secrets that a, don't matter to the friendship yeah. like i i've i was trust in, is a spectrum i was quite heavily involved in a, uh, the music program at a university back in canada that was completely outside of the church and i had many many good friends there simply because we had the common basis of music we were both in the same ensemble we both hung out went to concerts together the stuff that I did in church mattered nothing to our friendship. Like, church activities mattered nothing to the friendship that I had with them because they were in, like, a different society than I was in. We were still able to be good friends, despite the fact that we lived two completely separate lives outside of that friendship. It didn't affect the friendship, what we did in our own personal lives outside of that friendship, right? Like, they knew I was Christian. I knew they were unbelievers. Didn't change anything. We were still very good friends. I think then you're just being friendly. And that's no, like a, they were because, definitely good friends. Because then a true friendship is a friendship in Christ and you being Christ, really. I think that's just friendly. What, friendly what, friends. What, what is a disagree. friendship then? Well, that's what you, we you, kind people, of identify. If there's two people who know each other, they can relate to each other well. Yeah, be friendly, be friends. But like friendship, like is a Christian, like, you know, what does it My say okay, here? But, but true going, friend. But then going back to Elisha's example. A godly friend, a godly friend. But Maybe then going back yeah, to yeah. Elisha's example of having two people in the same church who as people cannot possibly get along because they're like, yeah. they can't because of who they are. You can't say that they're friends because it's just not there, despite the fact that they Rather have the common element in of Christ. Christ. Yeah, they're in uh, that, yeah, there's, there's that mutual understanding that they can both sit down and talk about their faith. Yeah, you don't have to go to every single person in the fruit form church or in church no, and be don't. their best friend. There's that, but there of is course. that mutual understanding between Christians yes. that we share that thing. Yeah, but exactly. Like, but that, that, that yeah. does not define what a friendship is. Yeah. Because then, by definition, I'd have to be friends with all the people in a free or form society. Yes. Yeah, I didn't make friends. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not 
friends. Are you not brothers and sisters in them Christ? Brothers what would you sis- say is closer, a brother or a friend? A, bro- a, friend. a friend. I've had friends who are, a friend. I've had yes. friends who are much closer to me than my brothers. Yes. Friends yes. are way closer than family. Because you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. Oh, so then we might as well call Christ a friend then. Oh, what a friend we oh, have yeah. in Jesus. Oh, exactly. But then it would be more important to say that we have a friend in Let's Christ. End, can we end the podcast by singing? No. no. Why not? I thought you said you didn't like singing. I, I said I love to sing when... <laughs> yeah, okay, but the thing is... Anyway. What a I'm not friends with you guys because we can have spiritual conversations, right? Exactly. That is an aspect of our friendship, but... I'm it's friends with David because he started singing the Lord of the Rings theme when I started singing Aww. the Lord of the Rings theme. <laughs> That's I cute. Five. I think I... Let me steal your mic. Hello, the sound desk guy here, Cooper, behind the microphones, oh, toggling all the stuff. I have my own opinions on this subject, and I would like to add, I think friends are closer than brothers and sisters. Like, you are called to be brothers and sisters in Christ, in the church, which means you have to look out for each other. You have to love yourselves like brothers and sisters. But I think friends are closer than brothers and sisters. True friendship is closer than brothers and sisters because you're born into your family. You can't choose to love your brothers and sisters. You have to. But when you find yourself in the um, in a relationship, in a uh, having a friend, you have seen something inside of that person that has de- made you decide... That person is worth my friendship. And it's that kind of thing. You don't have that with your brothers and sisters. You don't have that where you go like, my brother, my sister, they deserve... Well, they don't really deserve, but they, I, I want to be friends with them. No. But with your friends, you you find this common ground kind of a thing, like what uh, Elisha was saying about David and stuff. You have this common ground. You have... You have you, there's more weight in a relationship with friendship than there is... Uh, there's more meat. What's that friendship analogy? I don't know. Friendship floats on water. You know, there's something, right? Uh, Trying to make a... Po- t- friendship can't melt steel beams. <laughs> no. <laughs> a, boat, Not with that attitude. a boat needs a rudder and a sail. That's why it's called a friendship. I don't know. Um, a relationship okay. I don't needs know a rudder. No, there's a quote I'm thinking of. I thought it would be a nice ending, but who knows? I <laughs> Dude, we're not what ending now. What a <laughs> no, friend we have in We are. No, last time last time we ended on a song, I got a copyright claim. <laughs> That's right, you did. <laughs> no, it was marriage. The only ship that can't sink is friendship. Yeah. I mean, friendships can sink. Oh, yeah. They, oh, I, right. Yes, they sink. Yes, they, they sink fast sometimes. So anyway, um, we split three to three on this, so I think that that's a good concluding point. Um, we concluding will, point. We will no concluding uh, question for you guys, the listeners. Um, we will have a Facebook post on the Facebook, no, and you won't. can put in your comment, put it in the comment section, what you think the right answer is, because we just can't decide. And also guys. comment if you think Hannah Lee should sing more. Yep. Um. No, don't, don't. <laughs> and don't forget to email us at tocqna yep. at gmail.com. Those are all do, letters. You can do either yep. of those things, but I think that a, a, a debate on Facebook would be a lot better because a lot more people see it. Well, you oh, can yes, do Facebook you debates. Email or comment. Go ahead. I don't care. Because, Cooper, if I understand correctly, some emails will actually be mentioned in next podcasts, correct? Yes. Yes. So, yes. email Listen, uh, if info. you want to get an honorable mention. No, it's not like anyone listens to these. <gasps> My mum does. And I do. (laughs) 
So Elijah just called you guys nobodies. Ouch. This has been This has been uh, Thoughts and Crosses with This has been a mess. No it hasn't. <laughs> yeah, it has. This has been Thoughts and Crosses with the topic Friends of the Well. I love you guys. Thanks. Thanks so friendship, friendship rules. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. I thought this was the best one we've ever had. It felt good. It oh, felt great. Right. It felt like we had a legitimate debate. Oh, we, de than, we definitely had this Yeah, other than the infinite amount of cuts that had to be made. Yeah. Oh, no, that was fine. But the thing is, Clayton, how many TOCs have I'm you I'm new. Gone?